Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Bells all the way. Yes, we are. It's called the Indiana Outdoor Show. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's hard to believe. Where did this year go? I know that sounds trite and cliche, but man, oh, man. We're about ready to click over to 2024. Feels like yesterday. It was a blink of an eye, and oh, my gosh, here we are. But I am thrilled to be with you as we are each and every week. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Think about all those folks right now who are on that organ and transplant donor list, especially at this holiday season. Sign up to be a donor. Help save up to seven or eight lives and heal up to 75 others with that donation. And while you're doing it, buy your hunting and fishing licenses. The Department of Natural Resources needs your money. Uh, what do we got today? Oh my gosh, we're here at the end of the year. Always fun just to kind of do a little reflection, but there's still a lot of things if you're looking to get out and do something. Angie Manuel, she runs the Interpretive Naturalist uh, for the state of Indiana. And what is an Interpretive Naturalist or an Interpreter or a Naturalist? How they are all known. In each one of our state parks and properties, we're going to find out especially these first day hikes, which have become very, very popular uh, in the last 10 to 15 years. And it's kind of like the, you know, the turkey trots on Thanksgiving. It seems like there's a 5K on every corner today, but these first day watches, what a great way to get out and experience Mother Nature at the first of the year. We're going to find out from her uh, what you need to know. Guy Relford, you know him as the gun guy. Uh, He's on hold right now, so we're going to give him as much time. We've got the legislature coming back. We've got so many Second Amendment issues um, always under attack. And Guy is, as you know, regular contributor here and truly uh, very passionate constitutional expert. And if it weren't for him, we would not have the proactive and very two-way friendly environment that we do, but it's a constant fight. We're also going to talk to Jay Anglin, our correspondent from the North. He's been out fishing. He's been out waterfowling. Great guide. Anxious to hear what he has to say because I've heard reports up north, especially that uh, with this weird weather patterns that we've had and real no, no real Arctic weather, I think the fishing's pretty darn good. So we're going to find out from Jay Anglin. Plus, you know what? He's always good for some stories. So Guy Relford, the gun guy, is joining us here momentarily. Wishing you a Merry Christmas. We got a big show ahead, so don't you dare think about going anywhere. It's Indiana Outdoor Show. I'm your host, Brian Pointer. What a great day to be here on the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a great day at this time of the year. Holidays always good. And soon we will be clicking over to 2024. So hard to believe. And it's going to take me until February if I write a check to make sure I put the right year on that check. But that's a year long. Th- that's a 
a yearly struggle for me. See, I just my life is so complicated. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, it's great to always catch up with our regular guests here, one who is one of my favorites. We haven't been able to catch up for a while, Guy Relford, the gun guy. And uh, no better Christmas present than uh, maybe a stocking stuffed with uh, some new firearms. How's that? I'm always up for that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Although that does raise an interesting uh, legal question, which is, can you purchase a firearm for someone else to give them as a gift? Oh. Yeah, I get that I get that question a lot, particularly around this time of year. And the answer is yes, unless you know them to be a prohibited person, meaning they can't buy their own gun. Um then you actually can. I know that wasn't a question you were asking. No, but, but that's actually very good because now I'm going to tell my kids what I want for Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, no, exactly. And uh, but in, as long as you don't know them to be prohibited, um, and you're using your own money, it's not money they've given you to go buy a gun on their behalf. That would be a straw purchase, uh, or the, at least um, the, you wouldn't be honest when you check the box on the form that, yes, you're the actual purchaser. But if you're using your own money and intend to give a firearm as a gift, that's totally legal. In fact, as you go through the uh, instructions on the form, the 4473 that you fill out in the gun store when you buy a gun, they actually explain that. So, yeah, little holiday tip there for any last-minute shoppers. See, this is why it's so important to have you on the show, because I just love our <laughs> chit-chats, and uh, now you've clarified, I'm sure, as uh, I hadn't even thought about that, actually, but it's a very good point. Guy Relford, one of my favorites, uh, wildly popular gun guy show on home station here of Indiana Outdoors, WIBC, in their network uh, that we're on. So I'm glad that you were able to join us. And we've got some things happening here. The legislature is going to be back in soon. A uh, lot of conversations with elections going on, both nationally and local. Uh, we, we saw some stuff in the Indianapolis mayor's race that kind of manifested itself. I just kind of wanted to do a debrief and then a look ahead, kind of where, what is the status? What are things happening? How are things progressing? Uh, what are you looking forward to in the legislature, et cetera? Well, you know, we usually, uh, in the legislature, every session, we're both playing defense and playing offense. In other words, we're fighting for bills that will promote and enhance and protect Second Amendment rights in Indiana, things like constitutional carry, our our self-defense immunity bill, um, and many, many others that we've been successful on in, in years past. But then we're also playing defense where... Every year there are bills filed that, you know, would curtail our rights, um, sometimes with with noble intentions, and in other words, of quote-unquote keeping people safe or whatever it might be, but invariably they're misdirected and, and, and fail my litmus test, which is, will they really affect criminals uh, or keep guns out of the hands of people who sh- truly shouldn't have guns, uh, or will they simply um, impair the rights of law-abiding citizens? And... and, and Always, they, they they are the latter, and so we go in and, and fight against those. And so we're, we're expecting uh, both of those things. In terms of playing defense, the two uh, bills that uh, I'm sure we'll see right after the session starts in January, um, because the deadline is passed, actually, for the legislators to file their bills, and so those will be made public uh, and we'll start having hearings and whatnot after the first of the year. But... Uh, a big one is um, a uh, legislator from uh, Indianapolis, Democrat, uh, named Senator Fadi Kadura, has uh, put together a bill, apparently, that would allow Joe Hogsett, 
uh, in the city of Indianapolis and, frankly, any other municipality, any other local government around the state of Indiana to get around the current statute we have called the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act that prevents local governments from regulating firearms, this bill would say, well, if they want to do things like ban, quote-unquote, assault weapons, you know, the most commonly owned rifles in America, they want to raise the age to purchase any firearm to 21, because uh, currently you have to be 21 under federal law to buy a pistol, a handgun, but you can buy a long gun, a rifle, or a shotgun at 18. Um, and uh, to you know, require uh, a license to carry, in other words, essentially locally repeal constitutional carry, uh, and several others, uh, passing so-called safe storage laws, uh, and, and we'll talk about that here in a sec, Um but uh, the, par- the preemption law currently forbids local governments from doing any of those things. Um, and uh, somehow in the name of public safety, they think limiting the rights of law-abiding citizens uh, is the way to keep people safer. And this bill would amend the preemption act to allow that. And Indy has actually already passed an ordinance that includes all those provisions. It's just dependent on the state statute that currently prevents it being repealed or amended in some way that would allow it. So obviously that's a big problem um, and we'll be in fighting against that. I mean, the idea that uh, a criminal who's not afraid of the death penalty or, you know, 50 years to life in prison for committing a violent crime like murder uh, is going to leave their gun at home because now the city of Indianapolis due to a new fine or new, 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 new to a, a new ordinance can fine them. I mean, I'm not afraid of 50 years in prison, but I'm worried about a fine from the city of Indianapolis, so I'm going to leave my gun at home. Uh, you know, if that has ever happened once in the history of criminals, I'd be shocked. But you and I care, Brian, about you know what could be up to a $2,500 fine. So we care about that, and we're law-abiding citizens, so it's going to affect our behavior, but it's not going to affect the criminals. That's why uh, things like this are just so idiotic. It's really just a political ploy for uh, these people that stand up like Joe Hogs that stand up and pound their chest and talk about how tough they are on gun crime, when all it does is impair the rights of law-abiding citizens. So we'll be fighting hard against that one. Guy Relford is our guest, and you know that did make some news. And you have done such a great job advocating and spending time with the legislators, educating and, and crafting uh, a significant amount of the legislation that has gone through as it pertains to Second Amendment issues. And that's why we love to have you and your advocacy, and you're able to break it down very simply. For many of those people who may not under, understand the complexities, but you use the word idiotic, which seems to always go along with some of these political <laughs> grandstanding deals, but they can cause a real mess. And they get the messages confused. It requires so much people to come out, as you say, to play defense. And it just defies common sense. I don't know why I'm so struck each and every time these things come out, but it seems like I wish there was a pill people could take to get rid of being stupid. Well, exactly. And, uh, and, and, and you know, uh, along those same lines, another bill that um, we haven't seen the text of yet, um, but we expect to see as soon as the legislature goes goes live here after the first of the year um, is a, a, a so-called safe storage bill. And, you know, I, I wrote a book on gun safety. I've been teaching gun safety for 30 plus years. Um, and I've said a thousand times to thousands and thousands of people 
that all guns should be stored so they're inaccessible to unauthorized or untrained people. And that's just a basic component of responsible gun ownership. But I look at some of the bills that get introduced that, where they want to criminalize the idea. For instance, if I've got a 17-year-old living in, under my roof who's a competitive sporting clay shooter, could teach lessons on gun safety, you know, just won a state tournament uh, with a shotgun. But if there's a, a shotgun unlocked, you know, sitting in the corner uh, and, and while that 17-year-old's under my roof, then I can go to jail for that. As a as as a, a statute uh, proposed statute would read, um, so it's just kind of a one size fits all scenario that just doesn't fit in so many different situations, and it lo- really looks to criminalize behavior that just shouldn't be criminalized. I mean, I I've given lessons to twelve year olds um, who ended up being the best shot in the room and were absolutely one hundred percent safe with a firearm. Uh, and uh, and it wouldn't be any reason to put me in jail if there's an unlocked firearm in my home with that particular child. So it's so it's so situation specific um, that uh, that bills like this I'm always going to fight against because it's really seeking to, to criminalize behavior that just should not be illegal, uh, particularly where it doesn't pose any risk to anyone. And that's what happens when you try to craft these one size fits all. Uh, statutes uh, to feel good about. Oh, look, we're we're ensuring safe uh, storage uh, and handling of firearms in Indiana. When really, you're just going to punish a lot of, of people who don't deserve to be punished. Guy Relford is our guest. Uh, you know him perhaps as the gun guy on WIBC in Indianapolis on Saturdays, and one of the two A experts in the country that we're grateful is a part of Indiana Outdoors. And you, you've talked about your advocacy, your teaching, your your you've authored books. You're you're recognized nationally for your constitutional expertise on this issue, and a, and as a result, you started a, a the the two A project. Explain to people what the two A project is. Well, you know, I, I've been a, a member of NRA for a long, long time. In fact, I'm a benefactor life member of NRA, and and I think you're right there with me, yes, uh, Brian. And and we need, you know, we need a strong, effective, well-funded NRA at the national level. At the same time, NRA has gone through, you know, a lot of issues, a lot of adversity, and a lot of them are self-inflicted. Uh, with 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 using funds for things that members got upset about, like you know expensive suits and, and luxury vacations for the president, Wayne LaPierre, and things like that. And they've, they're also been under siege from uh, a lot of litigation, again, some of which is self-inflicted. Um, and in terms of, of influence, I've, I've just here three, four, three and a half years ago or so, I got really concerned with the NRA and, and losing momentum in Indiana because they've been very helpful in, in fighting for legislation and, and fighting against legislation, exactly like we were just talking about. And I didn't want to mo- lose any momentum in Indiana. Plus, I really wanted a locally based organization where we could have folks who could show up because, you know, invariably on one of these gun related bills, and the legislature, you know, I'm there to testify in committee and to, you know, oppose certain bills and support others. And, and, and invariably, it was me, the NRA rep with responsibility for Indiana, and then a room full of ladies in red T-shirts that say mom demands a- demand action on them. And, and you know, and they clap and boo and hiss and, and yell and, and make themselves known. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I obviously disagree with their agenda. 
but that's the legislative process, man. That's democracy at work. So they're just doing their job. They're showing up. And it was always frustrating to me that you know we so outnumber them in terms of people who support Second Amendment rights and, and gun owners generally. Uh, why don't why don't we have an organization that can put butts in seats and and and, and write emails and write letters and make phone calls um, and and to help get things done that we need to get done and help fight the fights that we need to engage in. So that's really why I started the 2A project so that we didn't lose any momentum uh, from NRA, I think, losing a little bit of effectiveness, uh, at least certainly at the national level, but I worry about it here in Indiana. But then also to to have a grassroots organization here in Indiana where we could really help get things done. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but if you ask the legislators, you know, why did we finally, after a 10-year fight, get constitutional carry passed last year, which we've literally been working on for 10 years? Uh, a lot of them will tell you it's because of the support we had from the 2A project and members uh, who showed up. Man, we you know we got our 2A project T-shirts on, and we fill seats, and uh, we and we call legislators, and we send emails, and we send letters, and it makes a difference. Um, and so that's been. That's been uh, neat to see unfold because we've 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 really done some good, and uh, I'm proud of the organization. Well, you've done more than good, Guy Relford. It's always great to visit with you, my friend. And I I know that this legislative session is always going to bring unknowns, and you're right there at the forefront. What a great gift to give to someone is perhaps just make a donation, become a member of the Two A Project this Christmas, and let those numbers grow because the work is so important, and this fight is not going to stop and you my friend are on the you're the tip of the spear for a lot of folks so we appreciate all that you do most importantly i wish you a merry christmas and your family and uh, continued contributions in the new year and for sure we'll be in touch as the circus comes to town oh man that's great brian i really appreciate the kind words and 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 a very very merry christmas to you and your family as well guy relford everybody thanks so much appreciate you it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host don't you think about going anywhere we're going to be back with angie manuel right after this well merriest christmas and happy new year my gosh we can almost say that unbelievable to me but that is the way it is on the indiana outdoor show this weekend i am your host brian pointer brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org we have so many things uh here in the final hours before christmas christmas on a monday is always weird christmas in the middle of the week is always weird but i didn't they didn't ask me about that so i can't comment nonetheless a lot of things to do if you're looking to have family in town and you say hey i want to get out and about and see the great indiana outdoors angie manuel joins us angie is with our uh, department of natural resources she's the interpretive manager and does such a great job angie first of all merry christmas how you doing Hey, I'm doing great. Happy holidays to you. I appreciate you so much being a part of Indiana Outdoors and throughout the year. Uh, it's always a thrill when we can talk to you, and it's a busy time of the year. One would think, well, why is it such a busy time of the year? Well, all of our state parks and properties, or at least most of them, have wintertime activities and family activities. Some of them have lights, but we are soon going to be clicking over to well, January 1st. And with that, it brings some more opportunities that I think are kind of fun. Explain these first day hikes and what people need to know. 
Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. People love uh, visiting our parks in what we call the off season. But uh, for a lot of us who enjoy the winter time and the colder temperatures, um, the off season is the perfect season to visit a park. Um, and yes, these first day hikes, January 1st of the new year, um, is something that state parks has has been a part of for this is this will be our 11th year that Indiana State Parks has has observed it. Um, but it's been going on for uh, over two decades across the country because it's a nationwide um, event. And it's it's sort of uh, it was originated through the America's state parks and um, folks visit a state park across the country. And like I said, Indiana's doing it uh, um, uh, all the time now. People visit a state park. Uh, there's usually a, a hike or some other fun activity that's being offered. And, uh, you know, in the early days, we weren't quite sure what to think of it, but it has become such a tradition um, for folks who just want to kick their new year off um, in a special way, or maybe they had a little too much um, <laughs> a little holiday feasting. cheer, a little holi- <laughs> yeah. too much holiday From cheer. Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's and, you know, want to get a nice healthy walk in. Um, they just become these family get togethers or with friends and, and uh, yeah, they become really popular all across the state. All of our state park properties will have something offered on that day. And I know the best course of action as usual is to go to the website to check out times, uh, to check out where to meet and all that good stuff. But each of our state parks, which there's one within an hour's drive of every Hoosier, just go and do that. You know, it's kind of like on Thanksgiving, uh, these Thanksgiving turkey trots, you know, the 5Ks that are run on Thanksgiving morning, which I've done several times over the years. And they are fun because kind of gets your day going in the right way. And you can bring family and friends and it's not competitive unless you make it competitive. But it's it's just, <laughs> see, that's where I'm going. Okay, who's going to be the first one to win? That's my first philosophy, but that's okay. Um, nonetheless, these parks that have these walks, do, do they require advanced sign-up, or can you just show up? You can just show up. It is, um, um, like you said, um, it's a really good idea to visit our state park website. You can either... Um, visit each state park's website individually for their event or visit the special event page and see a whole list of them. Um, Some of them start early in the morning, some are late morning, some are afternoon, some are even into the evening, Uh, like Mound State Park holds a a sort of an evening one. But uh, absolutely, you just show up and uh, pick the one that's right for you. Some are short hikes, some are longer hikes. Um, boy, is there a diversity. Some are, oh my goodness, I think there's a couple that are even going to be horseback riding uh, in addition to their hike. You don't have to, everybody doesn't have to have a horse. Uh, some are, um, let's see, that one. The well, one I wanted a pony for head, Christmas. Does that Lake. count? I wanted, a pony for, I, I wanted a pony for Christmas. Does that count? Oh, uh, <laughs> if you get one, bring it. So <laughs> let's, let, let's not put that out there this morning because people will do that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Interlake and Redbird are our off-road state recreation areas. You can go on a motorized hike uh, or, a, you know, an, an ATV parade. That's that's what their New Year's Day uh, event is going to look like. And most of them will have 
hot chocolate and maybe a campfire going to warm you up. So get on the website, pick the one that's uh, right for you, and, and we look forward to seeing you there. Angie Manuel is our guest. She is the interpretive manager for the state of Indiana. And I throw this out throughout the year because we have had the benefit of talking to a lot of the folks that work with you. What exactly does an interpreter, the interpretive services, the interpretive naturalist, whatever you want to call them, what do they do at each of these properties? Yeah, that's a great question because, um, you know, for for short, we are just called interpreters and they think that we translate a particular language uh, so that someone can understand it. And we kind of do. We interpret um, nature and history and geology so that uh, so that folks can uh, have a deeper appreciation and understanding of those things. Um, a lot of people today are not quite as versed in the outdoors. And uh, it's our job to both explain things and inform people about them, but also create these really great experiences like a first day hike or uh, a paddle down the river or um, a bicycle. We call them bike hikes. And uh, any of these campfire programs, kids' day camps, that's what an interpretive naturalist does. Or, again, naturalist for short or interpreter. So just creating experiences and sort of being alongside a visitor just in case they're new uh, to the experience or, boy, they really want that extra information that, you know, Google just can't quite provide. A naturalist at a state park can do that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because you, br- you talked about Mound State Park uh, just a few minutes ago. Very historic. And you could go into that park, drive around, walk around, and probably never realize the significance and the history that's there until yes. you go into one of uh, the nature centers or talk to one of the interpreters there because as your, your boss like likes to say in state parks we're in the business of creating memories and they do that so well and it's I think the easiest way when people have asked me it's their job to bring these parks to life other than what you can just see yeah absolutely Mound State Park is just one of those examples of how history is brought to life through an interpretive center or through an interpretive hike, an interpreter-led hike um, to the mounds. Obviously, you can just visit the Nature Center on your own or take a hike on your own. There's nice interpretive signs along the way. But, wow, when you get to, when you get to go on that hike with an interpretive naturalist, um, you you learn more things and get to ask more questions that are that are important to you about it. So, well, we yeah, appreciate you. about our profession. It's a... a uh, we just have a great job. Now, again, we, you mentioned our boss. He says he has the best job in the world, but uh, at the property level, the interpretive naturalists think they have the best job in the world. And we are grateful for them. I'm grateful for you and all the work that you've done throughout the year and being a part of Indiana Outdoors. And we look forward to that continuing in 2024. Hard to believe. That's just days away. Angie, it's always great to visit with you. Merry Christmas. Same here. Same to you. Yep. Merry Christmas to everyone. And Happy New Year and First Day Hikes. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Love her. Love the work that they do. Get out to our state parks and do one of these first day hikes if you can. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Back right after this. So 
So good to be with you and happiest of New Year's, merriest of Christmases, and whatever else you might be celebrating. Hopefully you're doing it somewhere fun in the great Indiana outdoors. Many thanks to Guy Relford, the gun guy, earlier in the show, and Angie Manuel. These first day hikes, wildly popular. Check out the DNR uh, Parks webpage. It's always my... Well, I just look forward to it. I don't know what I can say. Jay Anglin, our <laughs> correspondent from the North. I don't know why I look forward to it, Jay, because you're just one of my favorite people, I guess. But tell me about what you've been doing here late in the season. A lot of fishing, maybe some hunting. You never know where we're going to go. Well, you know, the thing is, this weather, the way this pattern is, it's more like a late November, early December pattern we're running into here. So, I mean, we're, we're bumping up in the 60 range with rain. So the way that everything's been up up here uh, Fishing-wise, we're sort of, you know, I'd say a good solid month behind normal progress here. So it's actually going to be one heck of a January unless we get uh, we go Arctic at some point, which is normal. Uh, and waterfowl, uh, deer, um, you know, the normal procedure for this time of year for me. Well, I know that uh, you cover it all and you're a great guide and you provide a lot of service for a lot of folks who want to get out and enjoy the great outdoors whether you're in southern michigan you're northern indiana and this this weather is weird just wait 10 minutes and it will become arctic or it could become desert so that has to be hard for you but what's what's biting these days what can people expect as you roll into january well honestly i'm no guys catching pretty much anything i mean there's guys catching smallmouth on the rivers uh lakes i haven't heard anybody talking about largemouth but muskies are biting uh northerns are biting of course the ice fishermen are freaking out but um you know, they could always just use a regular conventional rod to catch their bluegills. But uh, <laughs> uh, steelhead fishing is really good right now. So we have a batch of fresh fish out of the lake, Lake Michigan. We have fish that have been here for a month. We have fish that have been here for two weeks. We have fish that have been here for five months. I mean, it's just a combination of different age classes and strains. And so um, when the water temps are in the 40s, as they are going to be here for the foreseeable future, uh, we'll have steelhead spawning, which is for January you know, not real common. It's, it's, you know, a good two months ahead of schedule in that regard, but, um, that'll happen. Um, what about waterfowl? We've had, we, I had Adam Phelps, our state waterfowl biologist. And, you know, last year we heard about the drought conditions up in Canada, which affect the, the brood stock and the, or the, uh, the young little ducklings being bored in those, uh, beautiful areas of the prairies of Northern North America. And then in Canada, has that affected anything so far? I mean, we haven't probably seen a lot of migrating birds, have we? Yeah. Well, everything's just way behind. And, you know, I was in Arkansas last week and, I just actually today spoke to one of my DU buddies and uh, down there, I was hunting with Ducks Unlimited guys, you know, from Memphis and at a, at a private club. And for every mallard we saw, we probably saw 5,000 shovelers. I mean, everything is just way behind. So um, I spoke with him actually this uh, yesterday and he said for the entire state of Arkansas uh, earlier this week, they estimated 79,000 mallards. Now to put that in perspective, I spoke with Ira McCauley down in North central Missouri. And, you know, one of the guys that's has some big clubs down there, uh, habitat flats, the grand, those places like that, where you have this great, you know, heritage around some of those federal and state refuges. Um, 
at one of their refuges, and I'm talking a private refuge, they were holding like 40, I think he said 43,000 mallards at one of their private refuges. So point being, uh, a lot of the mallards I see down south, those guys rely on are just not there yet. And the, the mallards that we would normally have, and I'm using mallards as sort of the litmus, the mallards we normally have just aren't here yet. A lot of them are way up north. And I'm hearing they're all the way up in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, uh, and parts, parts of Ontario too. So, yeah, I mean, our season is going to be wrapped up here pretty quick. Um, as is Michigan, Wisconsin, Northern Ohio. And you're just going to have to have a big, huge system come in to push them down. You know, we're going to have to have some actual, you know, midwinter weather. Well, just wait. It'll happen. Jay Anglin, our guest, our correspondent from the north and regular contributor here, which we value throughout the year. And uh, I saw that you all, you talked about your trip to, to Arkansas, so I take it it was less than what you had hoped. But you also put a great big deer on the ground this year. Tell me about it. Oh, you know, that was pretty cool. I, I've got this thing where I I've, I hunt an area that has a lot of hunting pressure, and I do have access to a lot of ground, but I've gotten this sort of idea that getting in on some of these areas is just a bad idea. You know, you're going to push big bucks out. So what I do is I hunt the perimeter, and I do it like, like I sit in a bag chair next to a hog barn, and hogs are screaming, and there's a lot of stench. And there's a big fence post next to me, and I tested the theory, you know, sitting in a bag chair if I stand up and shoot this rifle off this post. And sure enough, um, you know, that stud walked out 165 yards, six and a half by 284, Norma, bam, game over. So, you know, that's something that I wouldn't have done only a few years back when we couldn't shoot rifles. It's kind of a game changer. Um, I can't see 165 yards, Jay. I'm just, I, I, that's, well, that's pretty Well, I've never taken a shot that far other than at targets. And I've shot out to 700 yards with, you know, well-tuned rifles and all that. But uh, it just to shoot, in, you know, a big game animal at that range is something that so many of us just have never experienced. And when I did it, it was sort of shocking to me. Um, I mean, I was, I was sort of in disbelief. I, it was probably 10 seconds between me seeing him and standing up and shooting. So, yeah, he's a really good buck, really good old swamp buck, kind of a weirdo. Like the last big swamp buck I shot, they're always weirdos. You know, they get in fights too often and break stuff and run into fences and then sleep in the marsh. So it <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like you from college days. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's kind of a weirdo too. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, my son, you've hosted him and fished with him and he, he got it done this year too. Took a monster. It was a one hundred and fifty class. And the story, nice. every one of these deer that we put on the ground, whether it's doe or buck, it doesn't matter to me. It's all a trophy. But when you can put a real big monster on the on the ground and then you spend the rest of your life trying to duplicate it, which I've told Will, you're spoiled now. But nonetheless, the story of how he has learned and matured, one that makes a dad's heart kind of swoon. He did everything right. He, uh, it, except for the fact he shot it five minutes before we were supposed to be leaving, which meant that we didn't, we were delayed five hours getting home, but that's right, okay. Right, right. But it was all worth it to see him. And it's always great. And I'm glad to put some venison in the freezer. And I hope that you can, I can uh, continue our friendship and on Indiana outdoors. I know you got a lot of guide guiding to do, and you're always gracious with your time. So best of everything to you, your family, Merry Christmas and happy new year. Thank you so much, and the same to you and everybody else out there. Have a great holiday, and uh, stay safe if you're out in the woods. Amen, brother. Be good. It is one of my favorites, Jay Anglin. He is back on the water with somebody somewhere. Hopefully, it'll be you soon. Don't go anywhere. It's Indian Outdoor Show.
so much fun to be with you and it is truly a blessing to be with you each and every week on Indiana Outdoors. I am your host, and by now, I hope you know it's Indiana Outdoor Show. Very thankful for all the stations that carry us. Thankful for you and for all the stories of people who let us know that they're enjoying the great Indiana Outdoors today. Great big show. So much fun. We had Guy Relford. You know, I right out of the gate, he proactively read my mind because he answered one of those questions that you might not think of, but can you give a gun for some, to somebody for Christmas? And he explained exactly how that is and why it's legal and how you go about doing it so you don't involuntarily get yourself in trouble. But I hadn't really thought about that. So now everybody knows what I want for Christmas. Just saying. Spend your own money. Don't lie on the form. And I'll meet you anywhere. How's that? Nonetheless, Jay Anglin, always great to visit with him. He is, as we love to call him, our correspondent from the North. He is a very active guide, and uh, earlier this week he was out chasing fish and steelhead and other things up in southern Michigan, but as you heard him say, the waterfowl situation a little wonky this year with this weird weather, but I have a feeling we're going to get kicked in the face here pretty soon, but waterfowl season Eh, we'll see what happens. Angie Manuel, uh, she runs the Interpretive Naturalist here in the state of Indiana. She talked about first day hikes and wildly popular. All of the properties have some sort of activity on that first day. Could be a long hike, short hike. You heard her talk all about it. What a great way to get out. Spend seven bucks, get a car load, look ahead, find out what day or what time and uh, what these hikes are all about. There's something for everybody i sincerely hope we have one more show before the end of the year so i will tell you now merry christmas and happy holiday season but when we come back then i'm going to be starting to wish a happy new year hard to believe we will be back next week remember folks turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R keep it with you be safe and enjoy this beautiful christmas holiday see you next week everybody